Uh, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Brown Book opening. Our second page of the book tonight with a good friend of mine from Western Australia by the name of Alan Kerry. We we tried to do this podcast a while ago, and um, well, I made a bunch of mistakes and stuff. So Alan's back, and if we screw it up this time, I'm going to blame Alan, and we get to do it again. So Alan. Please, welcome to the show. Please tell everybody who you are. Ellen Vera. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm, I would be Ellen. And yes, you're more than welcome to blame me if this doesn't work out. Um, that's okay. Um, who am I? A mother of two. Um, and I've had a very interesting life. Just turned 60. Feel like I'm there. Well, that's because you recently decided that breaking your ankle would be a whole new perspective on living. Yeah, kind of gives you a, kind of gives you a second thought because it's been too long to think. But, um, yeah, I was thinking actually about our last podcast. Yes. On how things, how, how my perspectives even just from then have probably changed to what I think about things now. And that was only, I think, two weeks ago. Perspective on thinking about what sort of things, though. Um, myself and what I want out of my life and what I expect from myself and from others. Um, right. And what I am prepared to give and not give. Because I think throughout my life I have given a lot mm. uh, to the point where it's probably too much. Oh, right. And... Recent things that have happened in my life have, have made me decide that I'm going to actually start looking at my life and decide what things I want to do for Ellen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So tell me the difference. Like, that, that, that explains that you've had changes, but uh, what, what, what more definition on the actual changes? Like, okay. Um, relationship changes. Um, so... Um, like I said, I'm a mother of two, uh, and I'm a very family-orientated person. So my children, like most decent human beings that have children, have a close relationship with their children. Um, and so I've always been the sort of mother that, no matter what my children do, they always have a roof here. Right. Um, so that wouldn't matter whether they had killed somebody or ran off the road, whatever. Has uh, somebody killed somebody? Oh, that's right. He wasn't expecting that development in the Ellen story, but carry on, yes. Yeah, I never thought the day would come when I would go enough enough and uh, no more am I in their corner. But that has recently happened since the last podcast. So, um, and of course, you get judged a lot by other people when you make big decisions like that. Um, And you've got to decide whether or not this is really the decision you want to make because it's it's a big decision. Um, so I don't quite know where to go with it because I... Exactly. Are you talking... And this, uh, everybody kind of um, gets a bigger picture or more context. Yeah, me in the line of it. <laughs> more context. Alan has a daughter, yes, who's married, has children too. Um, Alan's also a grandmother. Um, and you have a son. Is is it the son we're talking that that's gone a little bit haywire, and Mum's decided? Is that exactly right? Yes. Yes. 
So he he has, in my eyes, um, recently, totally disrespected me as a mother and said things to me as a son that shouldn't speak to anybody, let alone their mother, like, uh, to the point where I have now gone, I'm done. So if you get yourself into trouble, if something should happen, my door is no longer open to you. Um, you can, you can knock on your dad's door, you can knock on your sister's door, you can knock on your next door, but you can't knock on my door anymore. Right. So that was a big decision. Um, but all my life I've had people walk all over me, do what they think they can. And I've been expected to just sit back and take it. And I had a deep think about everything that has happened. And I have thought he's 38 now, by the way, he's not a child. Um, he's an adult, so it's not like I'm saying to a 16 year old, I'm throwing you out on the street. Um, he's 38 and I've just turned 60 and I don't think I need to have to put up with this kind of behavior. Well, um, at the age of 38, you would assume in most cases that all the boys would have grown up by then, but there is quite a percentage that don't. Yeah. Yeah. But they think they have, and they think that they can speak to you. Well, my my son in particular feels that he can speak to me like oh, I'm now the child and he's the parent. Um, uh, I've decided he doesn't get to do that. Well, that's that's probably a good move on your part. Um, and I mean, I've I've done things with my own child, my own son. Where um, at one point I told, excuse the French, um, but I told both my children to go to hell. Yeah. And um, that was within probably the last 12 months. And that was because of this um, belief system that I am now a dementia patient, basically. Yeah, right. And the God factor that I carried once before has disappeared and now I'm a dementia patient with Alzheimer's. Right, yeah. And I told them both to go to hell. I do talk to them now, though, luckily for them. Well, you know, people keep telling me that time will heal and and I go, it might, right at this particular moment in my life, this chapter, it's going to be a long time before I'm prepared to speak or even look at him. So, um, and for, for me to say that about one of my peers. That's a big change in, and turn in events in the Allen world. Yes, I do comprehend that. I'm, I'm the one more likely to just swear at my kids and tell them to go away. Um, I did, um, not have a speaking scenario with my son for a couple of years. And I did know that at the end of it, um, there was some knowledge that he was working through, not in a very good way, I must admit. Yeah. But it was knowledge that he couldn't share with the world. Um, And out the other side of it, when he did tell me, it was like, okay, now I understand why you were being that way about that and this and the other thing. Yeah. Part of me was like, why didn't you just tell me something? Yeah. Well, I know why my son's doing this. That's got to do with the girl. 
who's also causing problems. So she she's causing a lot of problems between us. Um, so I know exactly why he's doing it, and I don't accept it from either of them. Well, no, you don't have to accept it, and you you put the you've drawn the line in the sand now. So, mm-hmm. um, pretty big line in the sand, an Alan line. I mean, this line, this line yeah. is a line. Alan probably no, absolutely not. Well, well done, I suppose. Hmm, I feel better for it. Um. Obviously, it saddens me as a mother, but I feel that it needs to be done, um, and time will tell, I guess. But I thought we were going to chat about you writing character profiles at the beach, but this well, might... yes, I've been, I have been doing that too. Yeah, um, and how is that going? This thing that I've taken up, and um, it's 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 good. It's quite hilarious. Um, well, you say taken up, but this is repeat repetitive behaviour. It is repetitive behaviour because years ago I did it and I did it for a very long time and there was a lot of written things down that unfortunately I no longer have. But um, And the first day that I went down to the beach and sat at the table and looked at the ocean and at the people around me and started trying to think about their lives and what, you know, they may be sitting at a table laughing and smiling, but what's actually really going on inside their brain. It took me a while to get back into how I did that, mm. uh, which is why I said hilarious. Um, because there's so many different types of people and characters that go down. And, you know, there was one man in particular sitting at a table beside me and uh, he was in work clothes and, I, and he was having a beer and he was sat back on his chair like he didn't have a care in the world. And uh, he looked quite lonely. Um, so... I, I was kind of going down the path of he's probably a workaholic um, and he ends his day by coming to this cafe and just sitting there having a beer and pondering over it. Oh, 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 well, this is getting interesting. So what happened to him then? What's going on? Well, who is this other person? Why is it so? And I was thinking, okay, so perhaps he's not so lonely. He obviously has friends and he was meeting someone there for dinner Mm -hmm. Um, so the character really completely changed um and then and then it was more about "Hmm." so I wonder where this person fits into his life um and and then and then there was a three people four people sitting at another table a young couple and an older couple Mm -hmm. and the young couple looked really happy but then when the when the husband or partner went to order, the younger woman was talking to the older woman about her partner mm. um, and how things weren't so good. So I was thinking, so, you know, the smiles on their faces, the the gestures that they make when they all sit down together are so different to what's actually going on in their mind. Well, that's it, you know, like the smiles on faces and people are uh, morbidly depressed about ready to kill themselves and, and nobody notices because they're smiling. Right. And, and it's an all little bit of a shame because um, they're actually not doing very well. No, and it's all it's all about their wall and where where their wall is and how high their wall is up. You know, um, so yeah, uh, it's it been very interesting. I haven't been able to get down there as often as I would like, and it's not even that I just do it at the beach. But I went into Fremantle, which is a very kind of 
Fremantle in Western Australia is very eccentric and you get more alternative types of people. Yeah. I went to a cafe, um, you know, and the people were very different in terms of their dress code and uh, they had their dogs sitting next to them at the table in the cafe. The cafe was very upbeat. Um, so the, the characters for me were very different to the characters that were down at the Rockingham Foreshore, for example. Um, but yet the same questions go through my mind. They're doing this, but what are they really thinking? And there were, in Fremantle, there was a, a man that appeared to be an employer with two young lads who said, appeared to be the workers and they were having what looked like a work meeting. Um, and the boss was being very deep and in depth. And as I watched them, the boys were like, they weren't really listening. They were off in la la and thinking about maybe what they could have been doing in fact here at the coffee table with the boss. Well, they could have been checking out chicks, really. What have they been checking out chicks? Or could have been down beach. You know, they could have been having a few drinks in an hour. Oh, for those people listening from um, Melbourne, for example, this is um, the equivalent of um, Fremantle would be, um, well, St Kilda Beach is probably uh, comes to mind. Um, St Kilda's got the... Uh, it's a very foreign thing. Um, there are some places in Melbourne that have it and people find it amusing, Melbourneites, that um, right. you can you can have coffee on the street under a, um umbrella and they're like, well, this is a little different. Okay. And I'm like, are you going to go for a walk in Frio? They're everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's the equivalent in Queensland would be Noosa Beach. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Brisbane, Foreshore, even Melbourne on the river. Um, there's a lot of barges and, and boats and things that have been turned into bars and they're bars slash coffee shop during the day and in a bar at night. You can actually hire a boat and row yourself around the river and get completely confuzzled lovers. Oh, that'd be a good place to go and characterise people. Uh I tell you what, mate, people cannot steer boats because they've never steered a boat before in their lives. Uh-uh. And I don't know if you're aware, but I actually have a skipper's ticket. So I actually uh, can go out on a boat. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that, I don't know if that's something you didn't know about me, but that's one of the many things I can do. Well, I didn't know about the skipper's ticket, but I know you've got this, um... Uh, I think there's quite a few lesbian women that I know, or females in general, that um, like fishing. Yeah. And of all the females that I know, I'm really, really sorry. And Alan Kerry, you are not a fisherwoman to look at. (laughs) I can't picture you with the fishing rod and the toweling hat and looking all salty. It just... Uh. Maybe I maybe I can do better. Well, because I go down to the jetty quite often late at night in Spain until early wee hours of morning fishing, or I would go fishing wee hours of morning and come home later in the morning. Mm-hmm. But have fishing rods and my fishing stool and my bait and 
Well, that's, that's something I wouldn't picture of you. And that's like you said, you, you see somebody and you like, you don't know their actual backstory because you look at Alan Carey and I'm really, really sorry. Official woman, she is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe not, but I love it. I do love going down there. Yes. I don't generally catch a lot of fish. Well, you just got to stick them bloody stupid shit in the water, excuse my French again, um, and, and, and drink your alcoholic beverage and then... You know, you look to parts, and that's all that's needed, really. Okay. Apparently so. But um, you'll never guess what I bought today. Um, Well, I bought a piece of exercise equipment for $20. And would you like to share what that piece of equipment is? I would, but I was going to explain why I got it. Oh, okay. Do that then. So basically, I got myself something to assist me with the sponge-like feeling in my legs, which is um, issues with circulation and fluid and kind of trying to, I've been trying to work out how to get rid of this fluid off my legs. I have a sedentary job, so my arm muscles have gone to pot. Um, I've done too many years standing in one spot with security, too many years sitting, driving in various jobs. So my thighs feel like sponges and I'm getting edema or whatever you call it. Then edema on my ankle, just a little bit on the outside. So um, this is apparently the... Um, well, it's not a mugs mugs thing, but it's it's probably the most effective and the easiest and the most fun way to get rid of lymphedema, lymphedemia, swellings and stuff. Uh-oh. And it stimulates the lymph nodes and the lymphatic system to function better because you're stimulating stuff that you don't normally use and it's low impact and... Um, the other form of doing it would be going to the pool, but I can't do chlorine, so we're not doing that. And, um, it's a mini trampoline or a rebounder, as they call it. Yeah. I used to have one of those. Best thing for your lymphatic system, Ellen. And according to those who know, that's what you need. I use one every single day for 20 minutes. Started out. And originally, with a minute, and that nearly killed me, and it did hold up to 20 minutes at a time. Yeah, but what you do, were you just bouncing up and down, or were you actually moving and walking or running or whatever? Joking. Well, we've been doing the bounce up and down and moved our legs a little bit and went, oh, my God, that's so exhausting, and sat down. It is exhausting, and that's why I started off with a minute. Oh, sorry. No, well, I did, I did bounce on it, and then I sit down, and then I bounce on it some more, and then I bounce, and then the lady said, um, she thought I'd bought it for a dog, and I no, I don't have a dog. I do have a cat. He'll probably get on it. He looked at it. He wasn't too sure, and then he was like, oh, this is nice and comfy. I'll just lay on it. So by tomorrow morning, it's going to be covered in cat hair. Oh, dear. So as long as it's still bounces, I won't mind too much. So, Ellen, Ellen, Ellen. Ellen is, um, she works at the Optus Stadium where the concerts and the sports are. Yeah. Loves her job. Um, yeah. She's done counselling. Uh-huh. Um, what else? Oh, she's worked in a fish and chip shop. 
I've worked in a couple of big and tip shops. Yeah. Um, I've been a member of three different choirs. Yeah, well, see, you know, uh, this is the thing, Alan. Like, <laughs> I'm really sorry. And you're too far away to hit me, so that's kind of good. But I don't, I don't picture you were in the choir either. Well, there you go. There you go. You know, I've, like, yeah. I have been in the local community choir. I've been in the uh, lesbian choir. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been in the Perth City Choir. Oh, my mother. Oh, there you go. And the only time I've seen you anywhere near doing any of that was with the, was it the Nintendo? Um, yeah, yeah. And I would Karaoke with a belly yeah. full of booze. Yeah. And um, it's three in the morning and I really don't want to hear your choir lessons. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there you go. But another thing that perhaps you didn't know about me. And the other thing too is, is Ellen has, she has a garage in her garage just for her Christmas decorations. That's right, I do. Have you put them all up yet? Is they all up? Uh, that's the way this year sold nearly all of them. Can you believe that? Well, why? Because for four years I haven't been able to do them for one thing or another and I have decided that I'm too old to climb on top of the roof now. Well, um, yes, at 60 that's probably advisable, yes. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of lost the motivation to get out there for hours and hours to put all these things up. So basically I have put my Christmas decorations up, uh, the few that I have, that I've kept, yeah. um, packing with just those few. So, you know, I've, I've really culled. I've culled a lot. I've probably sold about 75 grand worth of Christmas decorations. Not that I've got 75 grand back for them, um, but that's about the equivalent of what I've spent on Christmas decoration. Um, um, when, when we finish the podcast, I'm going to take a photo of the cat that is now spread out with on his back, enjoying enjoying the trampoline as a new bed. Oh, I because it's quite tough. Yeah, but no, um, I think um, I I don't even know if I've got a bauble up yet. I don't think so. I have a tree, and have a couple of nice ornaments on the inside of my home. I would. I have got a bauble. I've got a couple of baubles. I think they're supposed to be light thing or something. But I want to use them in an art piece. I think my art, art stuff that I have spread around the house is bauble enough. Uh-huh. And it's not all my art. I've got, I got a beautiful piece, um, from the op shop. Um, it's very dark. Um, it's, it, it's essentially, uh, black through to kind of a, a cream off white color. But it's just of a flower and and some um, surrounding grass and stuff like that. It's really really nice. It's very very striking, but um, no colour so much. It's it's very well done. All right. Yes. Very nice. Now what, let me think. I'm trying to think about Alan. Okay. Oh, Alan's done. What have you What have you call it? Them blind paintings. The what? Diamond painting, is that what you're talking about? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't uh-huh. know about them. 
<laughs> well, my sister and I, my sister who's now unfortunately passed away, uh, we both loved doing diamond art, which is essentially using a tool to get a so-called diamond, it's not a real diamond, and you put it on the picture of a canvas. So the diamonds are all numbered and the canvas is numbered and you put the numbered diamond onto the numbered canvas and it becomes a picture. And my sister did that from the moment she woke up until just before she went to bed. Yes, she was quite constant at that. And, and, and it gave her focus and new condition. Um, Ellen's sister had MND and um, passed away from that. But she passed away by choice. Yeah. Um, at a point where lucidity was still available to her. And she was in a bad state as far as uh, movement and um, a lot of other things were... Her internal organs have broken down. Yeah, but she she still was aware. And, it was cognitive. Yes, very cognitive. And yeah. going when you're cognitive like that is probably the best thing. I was discussing with a, a friend of mine that if I... Um, part of the reason that I have lymphedemia or whatever, potentially, is that there may be issues with kidney. One in particular on my right side, I think. But anyway... Um, Magnum trampoline will avoid any further issues with that. And you can live with one kidney. But if I reach a point, if I reached a point where I had to have dialysis, it'd be like, right, I'm going out in the bush to die. Yeah. I am not going, I am not having that stuff in my arm. Uh-huh. I am not doing it. And then I would, like, your sister's considered terminal because there's no cure. Yeah. And diabetes is a oh, you can go on dialysis, but the longevity added to your lifespan after finding out you have to go on dialysis is like eight years. Yeah. So essentially that's that's a death sentence. Uh-huh. And I wouldn't want to go through the expense. No, no. Um, and I, my sister and myself have always been of the mindset that once we were in a position where we could not look after ourselves, hygienically that we wouldn't want anybody else to do that therefore we would if we had to take our own life fortunately for my sister the law is that if you have a terminal illness and then you're deemed to only have 12 months left to live you can choose when you decide to say your goodbyes and I think anybody with an illness where they have no control over looking after themselves should be able to have that choice. Um, and she left when she was ready and it was very peaceful and we all had quality time with her before she left. Um, and yeah, it, I, I have unfortunately been with people that I love when they take their final breaths and it has never been so peaceful as it was when my sister said goodbye. Yeah, because everybody's at peace with the whole scenario. Not that you want them to go, but you're at peace with the whole thing. That's right. And, you know, most of the people that that I've loved that have passed in front of me have passed in pain and they've passed in, you know, fighting for their life um, and there's no dignity around them. Whereas my sister had all of that. So for that, I'm grateful. Um, And... 
we also had time to finalise everything we needed to finalise. And for that, I am grateful. Um, and I got to be the person that looked after her. Um, and for that, I am very grateful. So I would like your opinion because this didn't happen with your sister. You did after she passed. but um, And I possibly did to the degree while she was still alive. But there's a... Um, Oh, where is it? Is it the Danes? Um, do it. Um, they do a um, they do a death cleanse of the of their house. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, you you do your will and everything. Yeah. Who gets what and all that sort of thing. But then you go through your belongings, and you're like, well, in my particular instance, um, yeah. The grandkids would have, they've got a coin collection that they're going to get. And there's some artwork that I would give to my daughter. Yes. And, um, like, and just divvying out what you've got and who gets and every single piece of stuff and then donating a bunch of stuff that they'll just look at and go, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and getting rid of clothes and... Uh -huh kitchen stuff, just everything, just going through and doing a really, really massive decluttering. Yeah, that was a big thing. Um, and again, what I'm grateful for is that Debbie didn't have a will. Uh, she gave people things that she wanted them to have before she said goodbye. So I didn't have to deal with that. Um, what I did have to deal with was everything else that was left in the house. Um, e.g. her clothes, her jewellery. Um, you know, just everyday things that she used. Um, but I think that was, I I think I got the better end of the stick, stick, so to speak, compared to other people who lose someone suddenly and then they have to go through everything because we were very transparent about the whole, about the whole thing and about how everything went down. We were very transparent. We spoke about it every day. Um, we were very open. Well, there's, there's a topic of this conversation that I'm dying to ask, and it's probably not the right environment. I might ask you later. But there's, um, there's, there's particular things that people have in their households that I don't really think they want their loved ones or their children to see. And when, when do you decide that they go? Well, that's a very good question. I hadn't well, uh, I don't particularly want my daughter to come in find certain things. Well, I would imagine, because I hadn't thought about it until you mentioned it, and I'm pretty sure I'm on the same wavelength, but I would imagine that, well, I know that I've just recently done my will and I haven't mentioned those things. So I would imagine that my children would come across them when going through my things and they would throw them in the bin. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I, I don't see myself being embarrassed because I'm dead, but, but, you know, um, oh, I have to send, I, I do have to send you pictures of Belinda's, um, receiving her gift at her party. Um, I don't think I've sent them to you yet. No. But, um, um, and this is just an, an aside and it's kind of the same, the same level of embarrassment, I suppose. Um, Belinda had her birthday party on the 2nd, even though her birthday's on the 12th. And yep. her big brother made her a present or got a present made for her custom, custom designed t-shirt and jumper set. Okay. 
Now, he's obviously at some point had to find out her T-shirt size. He asked me and I yeah. don't have a clue. Anyway, so he's found out her T-shirt size and she, she knows she's getting a T-shirt and that's what she thinks she's getting. But it was late. It hasn't arrived as yet. Yeah. So I said, oh, you're just going to love it. I can't wait till you see it. You're going to love it because I know what it is. Uh-huh. And... Her response to that was, it's a picture of Jono's face on a T-shirt, isn't it? (laughs) Now, my son, if the things I'm talking about are embarrassing for me to get rid of, my son owns a Borat suit. Do you know know what a Borat suit is? No. Well, there's a guy, a comedian, Borat, and he wears this green thing that just covers his genital area, and it's like... Yeah, it's, it's really disgusting. Yeah. Yes. Well, Jono was given one of those for his 18th birthday and he chased his sister down the road with it from memory and me. And we were both quite embarrassed and like, oh, my God, put that all that away because that's just scary. Anyway, so me being me told my daughter that it was the Borat suit on the T-shirt. And I, and I said, you need to put it on so he can see you've, received it and worn it and then you can throw it in the bin if you want she goes no i'll wear it everywhere he is <laughs> it's not Jono in a borat suit by the way it's actually her big brother has the gemini in him he has a sweet nature and a not so sweet nature which is duality and this is the sweet older brother who's made something for her and she will cry she'll absolutely cry but it's not the Borat suit. But I'm just wondering, like, now, like, when's he getting rid of the Borat suit? Because he still has it. I was going to say, he possibly still has it, and maybe he doesn't intend to get rid of it. Maybe he'll put it in his will. He has to be buried in a... Oh, God. Can you imagine? (laughs) 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 And it will be a full-body viewing. (laughs) That would be something John I would want to happen. Yeah. Do you know what he, part of his, his funeral, um, thing is, yeah, he's, he's something about being burnt and you got a bunch of ashes, right? Yeah. I mean, and then you pour a shot for everybody and you, here's to Jono and you skull the shot and his ashes are in the shot. No. Yeah. No. There's something very seriously wrong. That's my boy. Very seriously wrong with that. <laughs> On so many levels. Well, yeah. that's, that's, and I was like, oh, no, you can't do that. It's like, oh, no, no, no. My cat, no child self, I do not go. <laughs> and as always, I'll turn it back around to me. Very, very sorry. Please discuss you, Ellen, at length. In fruitful wonder. Dear me. Oh. Fruitful wonder, speaking. Fruitful wonder. Of you, not me, not my life, your life. Okay. So, all right, let me have a think here. So I've told you a thing but I don't think you knew and you can't picture, e.g. fishing. Oh, the fishing and the, 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 the singing, yes, because you've done karaoke drunk, but the choir was a bit... Out, out, out of the left part there. Yes. The skills, yeah. Okay, yeah. And the fish. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. 
So most of my working life, I've worked with people with disabilities. Um, and I still do that to this day. I help them with their funding and I help make sure people are getting what they need to be getting and should be getting. Um, but that's more really in a voluntary role. Mm. Um, and I have recently, when I say recently, probably seven, maybe eight months ago. Yes. Yes. That, that's a little scary. Helen, Helen, for a number of years, was on the LGBTQ side of the fence, and, and Ellen's gone back, gone back to the dark side. It kind of was just as much of a shock to me as it was to anybody I told, um, and I still grapple with how it happened, um, but it, it, it's um, refreshing. It's uh, very different to what I remember it being like um, in a good way. Hmm. Um, but I think as we get older, now that I'm 60, I can say that, <laughs> um, it's not necessarily about gender. It's more about who you, you it's more about feelings. Um, so it's more, more companionship than it is about the other. Yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, I think it's the person themselves rather than the gender. Um, for me anyway, that might not be the case and I wouldn't want to speak for everybody, but for me, I think that's what's happened. Um, has it been strange? Absolutely. Um, have we had our ups and downs? My God, yes. Um, but right now, right for the moment, things are going really well, which is good. Um, I find that in helps to stabilize me um, because I also suffer from, as you know, mental health issues. Um, and he has been a great support for me with that. Um, I don't believe that anybody else I've ever been in a relationship has quite been invested in me in that area or in trying to help through those, um, whereas he definitely does. So that's positive in itself. Um, I've gone from... Uh, a house full of people with my sister and 10 support workers and a wife down to nobody but myself and my chickens because, as you know, Heather, I, I have an affinity with my baby chickens. Let's uh, not get talking about chickens and nappies. Uh, 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 well, Helen has had three chickens or four chickens? Three. Four now. Four chickens. Awesome. Love chickens as pets. Don't want them inside. Don't want them to have nappies on. No, thank you very much. But Ellen, Ellen you've got a Facebook page for her chickens. I do have a Facebook page for my chickens because they are amazing. Um, and they have gotten me through some really hard times. Um, but you'll be happy to know that they don't come inside anymore. Um, but I do spend all the time sitting outside with them while they're out and about on the lawn. Um, and one of my babies has just started laying eggs. So she lays an egg a day, which is good. Uh, and the older chalk was laying an egg a day and that's the time for the last two days that she doesn't want to lay eggs. Well, if it's too hot, the eyes of browns tend to not lay, but if it's too hot. Um, 
the baby one that's got new eggs and everything, does she make a lot of noise when she ha when she has one? Um, no, not really. Hmm. Uh, Millie, the brown, the brown. Her eyes are brown, yeah. Well, she probably yeah. makes a lot of noise. The eggs are lot of Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at me. I just laid an egg. Come and have a look. 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 Quick, 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 quick. And in the garden rather than in the, um, the what do you call it, the... In the hutch or whatever. The yeah, 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 in the little egg hutch thingy. Whereas Lily lays hers in the same hutch every, every morning um, and she lays early in the morning and Millie lays around mid-morning, hutch 10 normally, in the garden. Well, that's good. I've got a routine amongst themselves. Yeah, so um, I'm still waiting for Lulu to get back into egg laying and Lucy has decided that it's not her time yet, yet so. Uh, well, you were saying something on, I noticed on Facebook that you've learned about um, giving them eggshells back so they yeah. can, yes, they're getting some of their nutrients back and the calcium and such. That's right. Um, so, because, and the reason I learned that was because Millie laid an egg. Yes. Uh, Actually, I think she might have just dropped an egg. I don't think she actually deliberately laid an egg. She dropped an egg and it broke on the papers. And um, the shell was so soft. Mm. And so the yolk, she was sitting there eating the yolk because they love yolk. Yolk is good protein for them. So, yes, I Googled it and um, found that you should give them egg shell because it helps with their calcium to to make their eggs stronger, their shell stronger, but it also helps in a lot of other areas with other organs in their body. So I've been saving their shells now and I put them in the oven and make them crisp and then I crunch them and I put it in their food. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, and they seem to like that. So hopefully uh, Millie's eggs will be better. Well, it's like it's had like in that and it, that has been much better already, so. Yeah, well, the shell group that you get usually is just from the beach kind of shells and things, and, and they're all right, but they're not necessarily, like, giving your your hens their eggshells back is giving them back what they use to make eggshells. Yeah, and 90% of their shell is calcium. Yeah. So it, it's very good. So um, I get, they get that every day either in the morning or in the evening or both um, because I tend to spoil them a bit. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're very happy little chooks. They're very spoiled little chooks. They are very spoiled chooks. You're right, they are. But um, I, actually bought, I actually bought a USB fan and put it in their coop two weeks ago, but we had a very couple of hot, really You hot bought ones. your chickens a fan. Yeah, and I hooked it up inside. Yes. And uh, charged up, put it on. So they were getting some air through there because it was very, very hot outside. Um, I've also installed a camera in the coop. Uh, okay, that could be interesting. Yeah. So uh, I can watch it. It's on a baby monitor. No, it's actually a baby monitor. So the camera's in there and I have the monitor inside and I can watch them, which is interesting. Well, yeah, um, a little bit too far with the chickens for me, but <laughs> that's really good. Um, have you fed them blueberries yet? They like blueberries. Some of them like blueberries and some like corn and 
some like some flower seeds and some like. I've never had some blueberries yet, but that's probably because um, someone I know uh, introduced blueberries to me with salmon, and I tend to be a bit selfish with my blueberries now. Oh, oh, okay. So, uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so I tend to have blueberries every morning with my eggs when I have a, a fry up and I have avocado, blueberries, onion, and tomatoes. Um, so I have that with my poached eggs in the morning. Well, that's very good. But as much as the eggshell that you're putting back in the system will help, the blueberries are the best antioxidants, just, not just for yourself but also for the chickens and then you'll be getting um blueberry juice in your eggs and blueberry juice on the plate so you should share that's true too yeah Mm, maybe i shouldn't be quite so selfish with my blueberries well just see if they'll eat them i mean the eyes are brown probably will and the little ones probably are "Mm, okay that's interesting well it's a bit sweet they tend to like they tend to like sweet things so well, I was, uh, I mean, I, the treats that I gave my chickens, you get these tiny little tomberries, they're called, and they're tiny little tomatoes. I love them. Right. And the blueberries, then the black sunflower seeds and the grey sunflower seeds, okay, and also the inside of the sunflower. And yeah. Corn and capsicum. Capsicum. Oh. Capsicum is good for if you want your yolks to be a dark color okay you give them and they don't they don't um like you can give them cayenne pepper uh-huh. and that will also increase the color in their egg like the yolks but they don't feel the heat of it okay. yeah I wouldn't. yeah so you can get a mix it i know they added at woolies it was peas and corn and capsicum in the frozen veggie aisle and I would give them some of that, and I would give them the grey sunflower kernels, the sunflower seeds, um, some cheese, shredded cheese or cheese cubes, uh, blue, blueberry. I've been giving them strawberries. They like strawberries. Yeah. Well, if they like strawberries, they like the other stuff as well. But, um, yes, I, I had quite a range for my chickens to eat. Because I spoiled them, but I just didn't put a fan outside <laughs> or a camera. No, that is that's 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 an Ellen level, but that's all right. That's what Ellen yeah. likes to do. Yeah, I do. So um, yeah. So I've done a lot of things over the years, um, and uh, now it's all about making life easier for me in terms of. Uh, low maintenance around the house, culling and getting rid of things that I really don't need to have. Yeah. Um, and yeah, thinking about maybe where I'm headed for the next five years to make my son sort of goals around what I want to be doing in five years' time. And and stuff like that is as simple as you've got 20 coffee cups and you're like, why do I need 20 coffee cups? Exactly. Uh-huh. And I like that coffee cup, and people tend to like drinking from that coffee cup. So that's I'm going to have two coffee cups now. Yep, that's right. And and inevitably, when you cull your coffee mug, suddenly you'll have a function and you don't have enough coffee mug. Uh, so then you buy like 
You buy like cups for the night and they all go in the bin and everybody plonks them in your bin and it's all done. Yeah, that's actually a very good idea. I like that idea. Yes, that's, that's what I would do. Like any functions I've had, um, the bin got wheeled around the room. Everybody put the plates in, the cups in, the knives and forks in. It was all done in five minutes. Yeah. Place was neat, tidy and done. And that included like plastic wine glasses, the whole shebang. Okay. Yeah. I like that idea. Very good. And, um, you know, there was, there was no wash up. Yep. Apart maybe, you know, if you got serving trays and stuff. Well, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. And, and it's easier, like, with grandbabies when they're little and stuff than that. Yes, I agree, 100%. So. But does, does this five years include you being in the relationship you're in or potentially um, just being you and doing all you or... No, it includes me still being in a relationship, but it, um, it's me looking at me possibly selling my home and downsizing or moving into something like a, a lifestyle village, um, which is something that I think I would like personally, because I'm, as you know, very, very social person. Um, so one of the lifestyle village type things is up my alley. So, where's the chickens going? Well, by that time, I probably would have to not have it. But I'm not saying that this is a tomorrow thing. I'm saying this is, you know, within the next five years or so. Um, so, I'm not sure. But there are things that I've been looking at, I've been looking into researching, um, and that doesn't mean that who I'm in a relationship with it will be living with me. Um, because... He, his lifestyle is very different to mine. He's in the middle of nowhere and he quite likes that. Um, so. Well, he's not really the social butterfly you are, is he? No, not at all. Not at all. So he quite likes the middle of nowhere. Um, and he doesn't mind coming and socializing with people for short periods of time. Um, which is kind of good for me because I don't always like to have someone with me to be having to worry about. I like to be able to do my own thing, um, be my friends, do what I want to do, go down to the beach and create characters from people that I see. Um, but when we're together, we're together. So it, it, it's kind of a good mix, really. Yeah, you sort of take the best of each part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Alan, we've been talking for nearly an hour yet. Uh, right about now. We've been talking for 56 minutes. We can keep going. I'm quite happy to keep going, but um, do you think you're um, stuffed out or have you got more stuff in there you want to talk Um, There's a lot more to me in terms of uh, the 60 years of my life uh, that I've experienced and learned from. Um, I guess we, I haven't touched at all on my childhood and how that shaped who I am today. Um, it's one of particularly positive part of my life. Um, but it has shaped me to who I am today. And I think that as, as weird as it sounds, the negative things that happened as a child have made me a better person as an adult. Um, so I would agree with you on that. Like you spend all the all the years growing up, you know, if this person hadn't done this, 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 I'd be such a better person. And then you get to a point where you're like, you know what? I'm actually a better person because of all of yeah. that. 
And yeah, I think so. Um, you know, um, I, because of the things I've been through, I would hate to think it put anybody else in a position where they were treated that way too. So therefore, yes, and some people disagree and say that I'm too caring and, uh, do too much for other people. And maybe to a degree I do. However, my, my line of reasoning is that I want people that I know to have the best life that they can have. And if that means that I can do something for them to make that happen, then I will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's up to anybody else to tell me that I do too much of it. I think that's my decision, my choice. Um, and if they think I do too much of it, fine, don't come to me and ask me to help you. Um, you know, uh, but it has to be my decision. And, and as a child, I learned many strategies to cope. Um, probably not as healthy as others. No. And I think most people, it's not, it, it's not just me alone, but most people in life go through some kind of experiences where maybe they, I don't know, get a habit but aren't necessarily best habits for themselves. Um, but overall, I think that what I picked up has been good. Hmm. And I like people and I like people to be happy and therefore I go out of my way to make sure that if somebody that I know, if I help them, I will do that. Um, and I don't think that if, well, I don't know, but I don't, I don't really believe that if my life wasn't the way it was, that maybe I wouldn't be for the Well, you, you, you could have had the same childhood experiences and been a completely different person because, um, the coping mechanisms and the structure of how we respond to stuff is individual to each person and the trigger point or the reactive point in one incident can be different for all all of the people involved in the incident. And an example of that is uh, Mel Robbins, who's on YouTube and TikTok and other places, and, and is yeah, she's quite a um, well-known speaker. Um, she was she was with her mother and her father and brother and everything, and they're all in a car and they're driving and. Um, it was announced over the radio that there was black ice on the road and to be careful. Yeah. And the next thing, there was a truck that tried to pass a car and forced her dad to drive off the road and they were involved in a severe car accident. Nobody was really injured, but they rolled several times and it was quite a traumatic event. Now, um, the trigger point that creates a response and a reaction for her mother is different to the one for Mel. Mel's, Mel has an instant recall to the incident by hearing crunching snow, um, like of the sound of the car hitting the snow as it rolled. Yeah. So if she walks on the snow and she hears that crunching sound, she goes straight back to the accident, right? So that's her trigger point. But the trigger point of her mother was the words black ice. Right. So two different trigger points, same incident. So you go back on all the incidents in your life and had there been a support person in your past that had helped you through a previous event, um, a trigger point that you react to now may not have happened in the same way because of that 
assistance. So you could have had the same stuff happen, but finish up a different person. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I often, often think of it in two ways. So I have a younger brother, so if it's actually five of us, but the first three children were born closely together. Right. And then about five year age back. And then there was my brother and I had all lived months apart. So my brother and I had very similar experiences. Yeah. And but we're polar opposites from the way that we dealt with that. Yeah. Whereas I dealt with it by making sure everybody was happy and doing what I could to help other people because I never wanted anybody to go through the things I went through. Yeah. Whereas he had a chip on his shoulder as big as Mount Everest and thought as he got older that he could do what he wanted to who he wanted whenever he wanted and he didn't really care. So therefore he made a lot of really bad choices in life and treated some people really badly because he felt that he had the right to do that. Yeah. So I think you know, you can have the same type of experience like you just said but have very different reactions to it. Yeah. Um, and if... I was to choose if, you know, I would much rather be the person I am today than the person he is today. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and like, um, people say, oh, do you want to go back to the number five? And I don't want to go through that again. Oh my God, no. (laughs) Uh, Oh God, no. Uh, Do you have any regrets? No, don't take me back, please. Oh, no, no way. That's just too painful to even consider. Let me give me the last 10 years back, but let me know what I know now. That's it. So I can maybe make a few different choices. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you'd want to make different choices because if you make different choices, it changes the future. So your future, who you are now and where you are now, wouldn't exist. You know, like... Um, not that I want to name names or anything like that, but your previous relationship, your most previous relationship, um, while it was very damaging, was also very educational. Yeah. And without it, um, there's boundary points that you wouldn't put in place in your current relationship that you actually do now. Mm, sure. <laughs> so you needed it to happen, so you learnt, finally learnt the lesson about putting proper boundaries in place and still helping people but having those boundaries is an important thing as well. Yeah, that's very true. That is very true. So, yeah. I think, you know, we've got to do with our lives what we feel is right at the time, which is what most of us do anyway. Yeah. Um, And sometimes what we think is right at the time isn't right. And we have to go through that journey and deal with it the best way we can. 100%. Yeah. So for me now, it's about not looking back at what was, not forward what it's going to be. Oh, um, I don't know if it's even looking forward to what could be. It's, it's, It's like looking forward to what the potential now is, knowing the stuff I know. Like potentially, um, I won't go into a relationship with that person because I now see them for a lesson learned previously and it's like, well, actually, no, no, I'm not going back into a relationship like that because the boundaries were never 
appreciated and followed and this and that and the other. Yeah. And it's a very lonely, lonely place to be and you lose all the people that you think are important and they're not actually important because exactly. they're in love with the person you once were. Yeah. Not the person you are now, the person you are potentially going to. Yeah. Yep. You get rid of them and you get all these awesome people. Exactly. You're not, you're not, you can't get rid of me because I'm awesome. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. There are some awesome people in my world still, but I, I still feel um, sometimes I'm too much for people. Really? Yeah. You, can you expand on that? Well, um, I don't know if I can do specifics, uh -huh. but um, I was at work, um, was it last night or the night before, and there's a guy at work and he's quite in tune with the whole spirituality kind of stuff and, yeah. um, the, you know, that sort of thing. And I had my friend Karen, who also lives in Perth, who was the first person that introduced me to Reiki and having a Reiki, but she also did a reading. And we've been sort of um, coexisting in the world ever since and quite good friends, I believe. And at the first Reiki meeting, there was a lady in a blue dress. Right. And from the lady in a blue dress, uh -huh. um, there's, uh, there's meant to be a message for me. Now, it's been 14 years since the initial awareness of this lady in the blue dress. Yeah. And this guy seen her at work around me, but not knowing it was attached to me. And I just got all excited and, and all sort of, Karen, 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 he's seen her, he's seen her, he's seen her. Why is she here? Why is she here? What's going on? I know you're excited, but just breathe, just breathe, just breathe. And, and I get so wound up and I get on my 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 soapbox and I over talk people and I they start talking and I raise my voice and over talk them and become not necessarily aggressive but assertive and talk over them and no oh, you'll listen to me because my idea is what needs to be heard and da -da -da -da. so I can be a bit too much for people at times because my opinions are amazing but it, it it all stems from, I would suggest, um, people who've been traumatised can be oversharers. So I found out recently I wasn't aware of that. And I do overshare with people I've never met before. Like, that's just, don't do that. Anyway, and then um, the other thing is I need them to hear everything I've got to say. I've got to get it all out because I'm never allowed to speak, so it has to be said now. Right. And this is part of the reason the podcast was like, what I'd like to do is have, say, you guys on um, a, a special guest once a week and then um, uh, somebody else, like just me, yeah. um, have a podcast during the week. And I've got, got Kelly King's podcast is up already. Uh-huh. And an introductory, and there was supposed to be your podcast then Kelly's and yours yes, right. got little carried away with itself and um <laughs> that was all fine so kelly's went up i thought right well i'll put the special guests ones up on sunday but i've got a few now okay i've got yourself second one um the first one i may be able to get snippets from um yeah. but um 
I've got Greg's from work. I'm supposed to have another guy from work. I want to get Helena. I've got Nancy Harrison. She went for an hour and a half. Yeah, right. And we've done we've done an hour and twelve, so we're up there. Ah. Um, and it's very easy to get up to that level. It is actually. Um, we'll get. So take on all the first question that you ask, which is, who are you? Yes. Um, initially, it can be quite um, difficult to think about that and, and give an answer because who are you is a very broad question because we can be so many different things. Yeah. Um, and I know that for myself, I am so many different things. Yes, and that's and that allows for the tangent to happen, which is what I want. I don't want scripts. I don't want. I don't really. I don't really envision editing too much, um, because essentially you're on the phone and the microphone, and so it's one conversation. And I've got a couple of little magic juju's on the side that I do at the end, and then I, I pretty much put it up. Um, yeah. Because I want the rawness of it, and I want the laughter, and I want the ums and the ahs, and the, the occasional slip of a swear word, and all that. I want it to be natural and just like a conversation, and um, people can listen to it and just get in and, and oh yeah, you know, I remember when. Blah, blah. I just hope it encourages other people that are listening to actually come forward. And not be scared and just say, well, I'd like to say something. Well, sure, come on, let's go, you know, like, yeah. tell me who you are and um, all about your life. And I'm trying to write notes. A lot of the people um, uh, have got noteworthy things to write yeah. um, that I may need to remember for future conversations. Yours, I know relatively well, so, um, yeah. I have so many notes for you, apart from, um, well, I have written a couple of things down, and then I've done some doodling as well. Because <laughs> if I don't do little, I'll start painting something and make too much noise in the background, because I'm at my art table right now. Oh, okay. And um, I've had an absolute crap week. I've been doing, um, it's the worst shift in the world. I don't think I've ever had a shift this bad. Oh, it's only a five-hour shift, which is nothing. In, in, in the scheme of the day, a five-hour shift is nothing, not even worth worrying about, except it starts at quarter to midnight and finishes at five in the morning, which is the period of the day when you're meant to be in your deepest sleep. In your deepest sleep. So it is absolutely horrendous time to start a shift, and... I've slept and then I get up and I'm still tired and I'm tired when I go to work and at two in the morning I'm tired and I get home and I go to sleep. And I've had the, I'm supposed to go tonight, but luckily they've cancelled it. Um, and, um, but it was probably just never, I don't want to ever do that again. Horrible. Yeah. It's not too bad when you're 20. Yeah. Yeah. But not quite so good when you're my age. And I'm not even your age, I'm 57, so... Okay. my age. Yeah, well, you know, I'll get to your age yet, do you? You know? The 60s, the 60s are new 40, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you've got some health issues and stuff going on, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, I, I'm in a sedentary job and I should be more active and I sit too much and I used to stand too much in one place. So that's why I've got all these. Um, that's why I need my mini trampoline that the cat's now decided he's not on. And he, he was going to use it for a scratching post. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. We will throw something at you even during the podcast to, to make you cease and desist doing that. But um, I think I think for now, I mean, the the good part about the question and what you've already reiterated tonight and and on our previous attempt at a podcast, it, there's always room for more discussion. And once you get the original, like, like you come back for a second one, right? If you want to know more about Alan and why we're talking about this topic, go back to her first episode. And listen to that, you know, and then you'll get an insight as to why we're talking about Fred from Finnegal or something, you know. So um, I'm going to let you go now because this chair's getting rather uncomfortable, and um, I think I think we've done enough for tonight. So thank you again. And um, if this didn't record properly and there is no audio, uh-huh. I'll know all of the answers by next time. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say, because they say that it has audio. Yes. Okay? Yes. And I'm going to do some wizard, wizard, wizard. Okay. And then I'm going to let it go up on the website, and I'll have two episodes and an introduction, and then I'll do a podcast of myself tomorrow morning. That's awesome. And then I've got two to publish on a Sunday. Uh-huh. And on Saturday at 7pm, I'll be talking to a lady in Sweden who's on TikTok and quite famous. So um, hopefully I'll, um, sure. I'll, I'll be recording. Yeah. Yes, and have some, because um, part of the deal is... Um, for them is that um, they get snippets with their TikTok and they approve it and all that. Yes. I think the audio in most cases has been quite good. There was one in Greg where he dropped out and I'm not really good at fixing that yet, but overall the discussion was really good and it's just going to get better and better and better. Yeah. No. Well, uh, it, it's a chance, like, for people like yourself, as a child, we were told to shut up. Yeah. Especially in Gen Xs, it was like, you are seen and you are not heard. Well, we're going to be damn well heard now. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I just want everybody to be heard and, and, and be heard forever. Yeah, I think that's all. So, you go and whatever it is you've got to do, watch it. It's probably only, it's probably dinner time where you've had your dinner. I had my dinner. Yes. Um, I'm just chilling. Yeah. Go do some karaoke or something. <laughs> I'll probably just watch a bit of Netflix or something and have an early night. I think it'll be airport early in the morning. Ah, that sounds interesting. Anyway, I've been watching Beckham on Netflix, but we're not, we're not starting up the conversation again. Good night, okay. Alan. Thank you so much for coming, and I'll talk to you again about you. Okay, Heather. Have a good night. You too. Bye for now. Thank you to Ellen. Awesome lady. Good friend. We've known each other a very long time. 
Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Hopefully you'll be back for the next episode. And hopefully I'll be able to get them up on a more regular basis. And if you want, please, just just questions in the comments. Um, if you want to record a podcast with me and tell me about yourself, we can discuss so many topics Pretty much any topic you want to discuss, I'm pretty open to it. So bring it on. Let's go catch you next time.